Holy Spirit, speak to us here this morning. Holy Spirit, speak through us here this morning. Holy Spirit, speak in spite of us here this morning. Amen. I have a confession for you this morning. I had a really good sermon written, and I'm not going to preach it to you. I had a really clever sermon written. I would noticed that uh, Elijah in particular has this encounter with God that basically consists of like him taking a nap and then eating a snack and then going home. So I thought I could do something pretty clever with that. I thought I could talk a little bit about the ministry I do with college students and make some jokes about how much of my time is spent reminding them that they need to sleep enough and handing out free food. And it was going to be a nice, easy introduction to me, since I'm just meeting most of you. And it wasn't going to touch on anything too difficult or too hard. It was going to avoid any sort of sticky topics, the kind of topics you avoid when it's your first time preaching in a church. And then, oh, the Bible just sometimes gets you in trouble. Because these stories just sank under my skin. They started sinking under my skin last night, and I woke up this morning, and they were getting under there even deeper. And I just realized I couldn't preach the sermon, that clever sermon that I'd written for you this morning, because there is just too much in these stories, too much about how hard it is sometimes to be a human to not talk about it. And there is just too much in these stories, in these stories that, that bump up against pieces of my story, for me to just not talk about that and not share about that, because it might be kind of uncomfortable with people I haven't met yet. So we're going to talk about Elijah, a man who in the wilderness says that he would just rather be dead And we're going to talk about this man whose name we don't know, who's possessed with a a legion of demons who is hurting himself on purpose. And so we're going to talk a little bit about some tough things this morning. About a man who's thinking about suicide and about another man who's hurting himself. And about what God might have to speak into those situations. And I just wanted to tell you that before I even started, because these are hard topics, I know. And I want you to know that if you or someone you know is struggling right now, if you or someone you know is experiencing these topics in ways that are not theoretical or long ago, but are right now, that you are not alone, and that there is help available, and that there is even a number you can call, one 800 273-TALK. If you need somebody to talk to, 1-800-273-TALK. Because see, Elijah's in the wilderness. Elijah is in the wilderness fleeing for his life. And he has just come from a situation that, that from all the indications in the story should have been a big victory for him. He's just beaten the prophets of Baal at their own game. 
He's won. He's proven his God's the best God. And he is running in the wilderness and he is afraid for his life and he is in despair. And he is wishing to God that he would just rather be dead. And I just have lost track of the number of conversations I have had doing ministry on college campuses with students who all indications would tell me ought to be at the top of the world, that they are learning and growing and they are in such an exciting place in their lives and they are sitting in my office and they are saying to me that they wish they would rather be dead. I've just lost track of the number of conversations I've had with people who are looking around at a world that seems full of anxiety and of violence and of trauma and they are fleeing into their personal wildernesses and they are not sure what they are doing here. God speaks to Elijah. Not in the fire and the earthquake, not in all the manifestations of power that Elijah has relied upon up until that moment to prove to himself that he's got the best God, that he's the best prophet. No, God speaks after all that. Speaks after all of that in the sound of sheer silence and just asks Elijah, what are you doing here? And we hear Elijah in this moment of honesty, this litany of complaints that ends with a feeling of deep loneliness. I alone am left. I'm all alone. And he says this twice to God, and twice God asks, what are you doing here, Elijah? And then at the end of all of this, God has a message for Elijah. God says, we're going to get you home, and you're going to be safe. It's a bit anticlimactic. Elijah has just come from this, this incredible victory over, these, the, the, over the bad guys, over the evil empire. And God's message to Elijah is, why don't you go home? Why don't you take a rest? We didn't get to this part, but the next thing that God tells Elijah is to anoint a couple of kings and then anoint Elisha as his successor. In other words, God says to Elijah, it might be time to consider retirement. It's not the sort of powerful mission we might expect Elijah to be sent on. It's, you've been through the ringer. Let's get you home. You're going to be safe. And then we have this story in Luke's gospel of this man who's possessed by legion, and you might all already know this, so I'm sorry if I'm telling you things you already know, but legion, right? Legion is the name of the Roman army that is occupying this territory. The, the legion is the unit of the army. The man is possessed by legion, which gets cast out into pigs. Now, pigs aren't kosher, right? You all know that, right? So why would you have a huge herd of pigs around? in Jewish territory. Well, the only reason to have a big herd of pigs around is to feed this big invading army of the Gentiles that this guy is saying he's possessed by. This guy is living out in his body, in his person, the anxiety and the fear and the violence of the trauma 
of the situation he is living in and the people he is in this town with, they're like, man, we don't want to deal with that. We don't, have to, we don't want to have to process that. Let's put him out on the edge of town among the dead things. And this man has been shackled but released his restraints and he is, he is hurting himself on purpose. And he has this encounter with Jesus, this healing encounter at the end of which he says, Jesus, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, no. Isn't that wild? Aren't we all supposed to follow Jesus? This guy's like, hey, I want to follow you. Jesus, no. Go home. This guy has been in his home. He's been in his hometown, but he hasn't felt like it's been home. He hasn't felt safe. He hasn't felt like he belonged there. Jesus isn't asking him to follow. He's sending him home so that he can actually experience it as home, as safe, as a place of belonging. And I, I just identify with these guys. I just feel like maybe I have some sense, some inkling at least, of what they might be going through. In the summer of 2011, I just finished my first year at seminary. I'd done pretty well, if I do say so myself. I was having a good time. I was meeting new friends. I was uh, living into a new community. It was a really exciting time in my life. Outwardly, it looked like I should be on top of the world. And so it was kind of confusing to me that inwardly, it felt like everything was just falling apart. And I crashed into the summer. And I was spiraling down and down and down into the kind of abyss that these demons called legion say they don't want to be cast back into. And it got to the point where, where I was pretty unsafe and people were starting to notice it and they were asking me questions. And Eventually some friends got together and helped me get to the hospital and check myself in. And I was in the hospital for a couple weeks, and then I got out, and then I went back in. And then I got out, and then I went back in. And I spent about six months bouncing in and out of the hospital, trying to figure out what was going on with me, and trying to figure out what it could possibly mean that here I was responding to what I thought was this call from God to go to seminary, to get trained, to get equipped, to be in ministry, and I was miserable. And I was hurting. Six months in and out of hospital. And eventually I was diagnosed with a type of bipolar disorder. And I got some medication that seemed to help and some therapies that seemed to help. And I, and I came home. Home was Washington, D.C. at the time. And I came home. And things were just really hard for a really long time. I was better, I was safer, but I wasn't back in school yet. I felt a bit adrift. I, I wasn't sure what I was doing there. Well, it just so happened that I started working with a group of college students, campus ministry, there in DC. And 
I had met some of these students. I was supposed to start working with them, interning with them in the fall, and then I'd gone into the hospital, so I, so I knew some of them, and then I'd sort of disappeared. I'd been AWOL for six months. So I figured I, I owed them some sort of explanation, and well, lying felt like it would be really exhausting. So I was scheduled to give a sermon at one of our Thursday night worship services, and I figured I'd just talk a little bit about the experience of being in the hospital, and mainly I just wanted to assure these students that I was okay now, that things were better, and they didn't have to worry about me, and that I could get back to the work of ministry that we were supposed to be doing, that had been so rudely interrupted by this illness. And that backfired. Because that's not what happened. What happened is students started coming to me one at a time and saying things like this. They started saying things like, you know, I've got some family members who have really severe mental illnesses. Or, you know, I've been really struggling with anxiety and depression here. Or, you know, I've got this friend who's going through this really dark time and I'm not sure what to do to help them. And I didn't know I could talk about it in church. I didn't know I could talk about this stuff in church. And then you did. So now I know I can. And that's not what I meant to do. But that's what happened. And it was an eye-opening experience for me. It was a revelation that what we are about as a church is not getting over stuff so we can get back to the work that we're supposed to be doing. What we are about as a church is making the kind of home that Elijah can go back safe to. We are about making the kind of home that this man who was possessed by Legion can go back safe to. We are about making the kind of home that does not take the painful, jagged, sharp stuff of life and put it out on the edge of the town where the dead stuff is. No, it brings it right here into the center of the sanctuary to say, yes, this too is part of life. This too is part of life abundantly. This is who we are as the body of Christ. A body that stands with those who are hurting, who are despairing, who are suffering. This is who we are as the body of Christ. Now, I want to be clear that I do not think that mental illness or mental health struggles are the result of supernatural possessions or of a lack of faith. And nevertheless, I identify with the man in Luke's Gospel. I identify with this man who, oh, just wants to be clothed and in his right mind. Not so much to ask for. I identify with this man who's trying to figure out how to stop self-destructive behavior while feeling like there's this force that's too strong for him that's got him under wrap, under lock and key. I identify with that man. And I, I identify with the experience in the midst of that struggle, in the midst of that hurt, meeting Jesus, hearing a voice in the sheer silence saying, it's okay, we're going to get you home. And so, you know what, church, maybe I did preach 
the sermon I meant to preach after all. Maybe I did come here this morning to talk about how church can be a place where we go gentle on each other. Where we learn to go gentle on ourselves because sometimes God shows up and says, have you tried eating something? Have you tried resting? Do you have a home to go home to? And if the answer to that is, I'm not sure I do, I don't know what feels safe, well then church, that's where we come in. That is where the calling of God on our life comes in. Go home, God says to Elijah. Go home, Jesus says to this young man possessed by a demon. And when the question is, where is that home? May we be a people who can answer here, right here. Amen.